Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us is parenting expert, Michael Warren, (laughs) to talk about growing pains with Donald Trump and his White House team. It's almost like the Muppet Babies. You know, remember that show? You had the Muppets and the Muppet Babies? Growing pains. I've been thinking of Alan Thicke and uh, Kurt Cameron and... (laughs) And all that. Uh, You were making the point uh, earlier today, while some people see maybe a two-track approach for Trump, you, on the other hand, you know, on the ground at the White House in the last 48 hours, you see a team that's still getting their legs. No, totally. That's absolutely right. There's there's a feeling in the West Wing, or at least the parts that I've uh, been in and walking around and talking with with people, that uh, people don't really even know where to be, where to sit, where to <laughs> right. stand, uh, who they can talk with. Mm-hmm. Um, I had heard a story that uh, from another journalist who, uh, uh, who was in the press briefing room on Monday who said that uh, over the weekend he was sort of milling about where uh, uh, a lot of the press are able to mill about in the West Wing. And uh, Reince Priebus was there, the chief of staff the, to President Donald Trump, and was sort of uh, taken aback and surprised that they were, what was said to the report, what are you doing here? Like as if he, he so nobody basically exactly. knows what's going on. And, and that's, uh, uh, I guess that's also for the press covering and, and for the American people watching all this, everyone's kind of figuring out what is this presidency? What is this white house really going to be like? Well, I, look, I've been here formally at the weekly standard media DC for about six months. I still don't know which printer I'm supposed to use. <laughs> so that's not that uncommon, but, um, so th- th- that's to be expected, right? Kind of, uh, that's right. Figuring it, your, this has happened in other administrations. The first mm-hmm. uh, days, weeks, you can go. You know, the people are telling stories about when Bill Clinton was, uh, you know, first started, and doors that were that were closed and locked uh, that shouldn't have been, and you know, for the for the press <laughs> and that sort of thing. So uh, it is it is growing pains, but uh, but there's there's also some more substantive questions about what kind of presidency uh, does, is Donald Trump's going to be. So describe the two-track theory that a lot of people are projecting onto the Trump administration, whether it's true or not, and it may be about the, you know, the Twitter Trump versus the substantive Trump. Right. Well, uh, for for one hand, you can look at uh, at sort of the, the, the nominations for the cabinet, right, that uh, Trump has nominated people who by and large, fit within to the mainstream of the Republican Party and also sort of the mainstream of politics. You've got, uh, you know, former governors and current governors, uh, members of Congress, uh, members of the Senate, uh, business leaders sort of taking these these uh, jobs. And uh, they, they all seem pretty mainstream and reasonable. You look at some of the uh, policy moves that uh, President Trump has already taken in the first few days, executive orders, uh, uh, for instance, on Tuesday to sort of uh, to reopen uh, pipeline uh, exploration or pipeline construction, rather, in, in North Dakota and the Keystone Pipeline, uh, some of his trade, you know, pulling out of the trade uh, deals. Uh, you can debate whether or not those are good policy ideas, but they're sort of within the normal range of what a presidency and an administration right. should be doing, should be talking about. Uh, they're having conversations right now about tax reform and uh, health care reform and repealing Obamacare with Capitol Hill. So that's on the one hand. And it's pretty, if you just so stop right there because I know where you're headed. If you just wrote that on paper, like you take Trump's name out, you know, that would look pretty boring. Like, oh, here's the White House and very establishment people and doing, you know, I, I promised I was going to do TPP. I did TPP. I right. promised Keystone. I did Keystone. It's kind of boring. Right. But then on top of boring, <laughs> there's this frosting of freak. It's never boring. <laughs> Once you add that President Trump back in there, you know it's never going to be boring. And and you get the sense that, uh, yes, the, 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 the media and the press, we like for it to not be boring. Uh 
But on the other hand, with the, the principal in this, President Trump doesn't like it. And so that's why we have, uh, after the inauguration, we spent, what, two, three days talking about uh, crowd sizes and, right. uh, and, and whether or not people uh, were there who were really enthusiastic and who was watching and who was more enthusiastic, the, the protesters uh, at the Women's March or the Trump inauguration. Uh, and then now, uh, after uh, President Trump uh, spoke with congressional leaders and sort of revived his uh, conspiracy theory that three to five million illegal votes uh, cost him the popular vote. Uh, this is something that, yes, the media are asking questions about it and, and, and continuing the story, but it's driven in many ways because of Trump himself right. and uh, his administration choosing to continue to talk about this. So there are at least two theories. One is the uh, they're new, they're stumbling around, President Trump still hasn't fully moved into in his mind I am the president not just an important guy who likes to be in the media right the other theory is that this is all intentional that Trump knows that if he says something that's going to drive the press crazy I won every state including Guam you know right. <laughs> all 57 <laughs> that, states exactly right? that the front two rows of the press room are just going to go straight at that and meanwhile there's that boring stuff we were talking about earlier where he's really got some fairly you could argue ideologically extreme or ideologically challenging nominees, you know, Scott Pruitt, right. Tom Price, these are not moderates. And it looks like they're just going to get approved with very little dust up because who's got the time to talk about them because they're too busy relitigating some Trump right. nonsense. I, I, I'm going to disagree with both of those theories. Okay. I think they're both wrong, actually, Michael, and, and, and because uh, I, I think it gives a little too much credit to Donald Trump as sort of a, uh, a master manipulator of, uh, of these issues and what people are talking about. The truth is he really does care to make the point that his crowds at his inauguration were big. He really does believe, I think, that uh, three to five million illegal votes cost him the popular vote. Um, these are things that he cares about. He's telling people like Sean Spicer, his press secretary, you've got to make the case for me on this. Um, these uh, and, and the reason we know this is because past his prologue and what happened during the campaign uh, was revealing about what kind of person Donald Trump is, what kind of politician Donald Trump is. He's not changing now that he's in, in, the, in the presidency in the White House. All of that being said, uh, an administration is big. There are a lot of people. Uh, there are people on Capitol Hill, Republicans on Capitol Hill. All these people do have influence and power and, uh, and, and can change policy in the way things are talked about. So all of these potential changes with, uh, with U.S. policy, domestic foreign policy, uh, they're, they're, they're going to happen. Uh, whether or not the press is covering it, whether or not Donald Trump is, is you know, insisting on it uh, uh, being talked about. Um, so the, the real question is, uh, what actually happens? Uh, what gets, you know, for instance, uh, throughout the campaign, Donald Trump said uh, this issue with DACA, the dreamers who were, uh, by executive order of President Obama, allowed to stay in the White House, or excuse me, allowed to stay in the United States. Uh, he said, on day one of the White House, I'll get rid of this. It's now day five, day day two of working day in the White House. <laughs> uh, apparently, Monday was the first working day, uh, and nothing's been done. He's actually been asked about this. Uh, Sean Spicer, the White House press secretary, nothing's been done on executive orders in two days on this issue. Uh, so, uh, you know, the question is, what what kind of White House, what kind of administration is this going to look like? And uh, and and I. And I tend to think that the things that Donald Trump cares about, that's what's going to get get the focus and all of these other things that 
he campaigned on, uh, they're going to slide by the wayside uh, unless he's really pressured uh, or unless he feels himself, like with trade, uh, uh, personally compelled to push through on these issues. And that makes his decision to do the Mexico City rule on abortion more interesting. Yes. Something he could have let slide and he chose not to. Was that because evangelicals were such strong supporters of his? Or is it something that he, in fact, does care about, which would be, I think, a surprise to a lot of people who, who find it hard to see Donald Trump as a social conservative. Right. But I think one thing we did learn during the campaign is being reaffirmed now with the size of the crowd, the size of the electorate for Donald Trump, size matters. <laughs> and we're not just talking about his hands. Michael I, I Warren, could say it better myself, Michael. Thanks. Michael Warren, thanks so much for joining us for the Weekly Standard Podcast. Thanks. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for updates or better still, subscribe to the podcast at iTunes.com. You'll never miss another one. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Yeah.